When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. I don't know what the weather's been like for you this season, but here in Colorado, we're still waiting for proper cold weather. It really should have arrived by now, but instead we have had unseasonably late summers, and we are still getting temperatures into the 70s, which would be 20 degrees Celsius. I'm all for lovely weather, but there comes a time in late fall when winter should really be boarding the flight to this end of the earth, and the weather should get consistently crisp and snow should start to fall. But there hasn't been any. However, We are officially in December, so if the weather won't cooperate, then I will still get into the holiday spirit with Christmas music. And that's where things begin to get odd. This episode is one story, two tellers, and the first teller for this episode is Catherine Fairley. Now, Catherine passed away in 2019, but for 35 years she traveled around the world gathering epics, myth, legends, histories, and folk and fairy tales you can hear all of Catherine's work on Spotify. So if you want to hear more of her, you can do so there. But until then, on this podcast, you can hear her telling Lion's Whisker. Now there once was a young woman who married a man whose wife had died. And she had a little eight-year-old boy to take care of all of a sudden. Now her husband loved her very much. But the little eight-year-old boy wanted nothing to do with her. She loved this little eight-year-old boy. He was so adorable. He was so beautiful and so sweet. But he was still grieving for his mother. And even though she wanted to hug him, he would push her away. He would run. She would try to make his favorite food for him. And he was not hungry. She would make clothing for him. He was not interested. He just wanted her to go away. And it broke her heart. She stayed up nights thinking and wondering and worrying about it, and she didn't want to talk to her husband about it because it just wasn't his problem. Finally, she decided she would go talk to the wise woman who lived on the hill and ask for a love potion. So this is what she did. I want a love potion. Can you make me a love potion? I'll pay anything. You want a love potion? You have been married such a short time, and you want a love potion to capture the heart of another man? Oh, no, 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 you misunderstand. I want to capture the heart of my eight-year-old stepson. I try to fix his favorite food. I try to hug him. I try to make clothing for him. I do everything I possibly can. He won't even let me touch him. Oh, I see. Can you make this kind of potion for me? Oh, yes, of course I can make this kind of potion. Is it expensive? I will pay whatever it takes. No. It is not expensive, but it is difficult. What do you mean? To make this potion, you must bring me the whisker of a living lion. The whisker of a living lion? How am I to get this? Well, 
That is the problem, isn't it? And so the young woman left, thinking, How on earth am I going to get the whisker of a living lion? Well, she knew very well where the lions lived, and she had seen a lion who often came down to the river to drink from the jungle on the other side of the river. So she thought about this all night long. She tossed and she turned, and she puzzled what she was to do. And the next morning she cooked up a huge calabash full of meat stew. And she paddled her boat across the river with that stew, and she put the calabash down next to the river where she had seen the lion come to drink. And she left it there. And she paddled back. And she hid behind a rock to see what would happen. And sure enough, towards evening, the lion came out to drink at the river. And of course, he smelled that meat stew right away, and he went right over to it. And he looked right, and he looked left. And she wasn't sure whether he smelled her or saw her or what. He was very wary looking around, but he ate every bit of that stew. And so she decided the next day she would do it again, and she made more meat stew. She paddled across the river, and she put the calabash down, but this time she didn't go back across the river. She went way far away on the same side of the river as the lion, but she hid behind a tree. And she peeked out to see what would happen, and sure enough, the lion came out. He looked around, and he sniffed, and he smelled that meat stew, and oh, he went right for it, and he licked that up. Mm, he cleaned that calabash clean. So the next day, she did it again. She made more meat stew, and she came across, and she put the calabash down, and this time she decided she'd stand in front of the tree and see if he would still come for it. And he saw her right away. Oh, yes. And he kept his eye on her, but he bent down, and he licked every bit of that meat stew up, took his drink from the river, and went back into the jungle. The next day, she cooked more meat stew. She put that calabash down, and then she stood maybe ten feet in front of the tree, much closer to the lion, and in plain view. Oh, yes, the lion saw her, and he came out, keeping his eye right on her as he walked up to that good-smelling stew, and he bent down, and he licked up every bit of it, and went back into the jungle. The next day she made more meat stew. This time she stood only about twenty feet away from the bowl, and she stood there with her knees shaking as the lion came out of the jungle, looked right at her, and walked toward her, but stopped at the meat, and licked up all that stew, took his drink of water, and disappeared back into the jungle. So the next day she cooked more meat stew. She put her calabash down in the usual place, and this time she stood ten feet away from the bowl. And she could feel the hair rising on the back of her neck as the lion came out of the jungle staring right at her with those huge gold eyes. And he came over, and he bent down, and she could hear him purr like an engine. It was terrifying, but she stood there, praying to herself, Please, lion, don't hurt me. And he ate the food, and he went back into the jungle. And the next day she made more meat stew. She put that calabash full of it down, and she stood five feet away from that bowl. And her heart pounded as that lion came out of the jungle and came toward her, eyes on her the whole time. And he would bend down, and he'd take part of that meat, and he'd look back up at her, and he'd take part of that meat, and he'd look back up at her. And she did not move a muscle until he was finally done with his stew, and he went back into the jungle deep breath she took, and she made more meat stew. She went across that river. She put the calabash down, and she stood 
right at the front of that meat stew, and she had her little tiny scissors in her hand. And she prayed the whole time, Lion, don't hurt me. And the lion came out of the jungle, almost glaring at her. Huge golden eyes, rippling muscles under that beautiful skin, came right up to her, slowly, bent down. She could feel a hot breath right on her feet. And she did not move a muscle, but she said softly, out loud, Please, lion, do not hurt me. All I need is one whisker. And while that lion was eating, she took her shaky hands and she bent down and she took those scissors and snip, snip. She got two whiskers just to be safe. The lion didn't even seem to notice. He was busy purring away and licking clean all of that meat stew from the calabash. And he went back into the jungle. And when she could finally breathe again, she picked up that empty calabash and she went back and she almost ran to the old wise woman. I've got them! I've got them! It took me so long and I was terrified. It took so long. But I have the whiskers. And the old woman said, Give them to me. Here. And then she tossed them into the fire. They were gone in an instant. And the young woman said, Do you know how long it took me to get that? What did you burn it for? How can I possibly win the love of this little boy without that potion? And the old woman said, Oh, my dear, if you have the patience to do what you did to get these whiskers, you certainly have the patience to wait for a little boy have room in his heart for you. And the young woman could say nothing but nod. And she left, and she went back home, and she indeed had plenty of patience from that day on. And she soon won the love of the little eight-year-old boy she wanted so much. Today's fairy tale sponsor is Arachne Web Designs. It's a common understanding that in order to reach a large audience, you must have a flawless website. Trust your digital design to Arachne Web Designs. While the founder of this fairy tale 500 company might have started out in textiles, Arachne has eons of experience with webs and has funneled her incredible experience to catching your perfect customer through insightful marketing and some of the latest designs and styles. Arachne Web Designs. Better than Athena, but you would have to be the judge. This episode is also brought to you by the new Patreon supporters, Scott and Karen. Now, Scott is the perfect person to invite to Christmas or Thanksgiving, as he has inherited his father's magical tablecloth. He simply spreads it out, says the magic words, and ta-da, there is food aplenty. Karen has the unique ability to show what book you should read next. If you go into a bookstore with her, she will find the perfect book for your needs without even looking at the title. Scott and Karen are also generous supporters of storytelling, which is pretty cool. A big thank you to them and all the other patrons of the podcast. How did things get odd? Well, every time I play Christmas music, 
the weather starts to change. Not a little more breezy or chilly, but when I started playing Let It Snow, I swear I saw flakes start to fall. But it was only for three minutes, and then it stopped when the song ended. The little drummer boy brought in the wind and made the tree branches rat-a-tat-tat against the house. Then I played the song Walking in a Winter Wonderland, and the snow, once again, began to drift out of the sky. I was so thrilled I put that song on repeat for a few times so I could go outside and enjoy catching a few snowflakes on my tongue. I have been playing songs carefully as I don't know why music from my house is jump-starting winter, but for those of you who are still waiting for winter, perhaps put on a little Christmas music and see if the weather starts dancing with you. The second teller for today is Virginia Fox. Virginia was a storyteller from Colorado who enchanted audiences throughout the state and beyond. We are so pleased that her stories will continue to enchant us, and this is her telling Tiger's Whisker. To love and be loved is to feel the sun from both sides. Do not be afraid to say, I love you. They are the sweetest words in the world. Long ago and far away, there was once a young woman whose husband went away to war. He was gone for many moons. When he finally came home, she rejoiced that her husband had been spared. Many of the young men of the village had not returned. Her joy was short-lived, however, because her husband had changed. He was no longer a loving husband. He was harsh, almost cruel, He would not eat. The young wife was miserable. She did not know what to do. Finally, she went to the wise man of the village. The wise man listened. And then he said, In order for me to make a potion that will cure your husband, you must bring to me a whisker from a live tiger. But that is impossible. The tiger would eat me. It is up to you, said the wise man. The young wife was afraid, but she loved her husband. She must try. She made a bowl of food for the tiger, who lived in a cave high in the hills above the village. She crept quietly up the mountain and placed the bowl some distance from the cave. Then she retreated to a hiding place from where she could see the tiger. Finally, the tiger emerged from the cage, sniffing the air, walking slowly to the bowl of food. He sniffed the air again, but perceiving no danger, He ate the food. Day after day, the young wife repeated this procedure, each time putting the bowl a little closer to the cave, and each day positioning herself a little nearer. 
By this time, the tiger was familiar with the smell of the food and the scent of the young woman. After many days, many weeks, the young woman positioned herself so that the tiger could see her. She sat quietly, hoping, praying for a miracle. The tiger went on with his eating, not even acknowledging her presence. Ever closer each day, the young wife finally went within a few feet of the bowl which she was now setting at the entrance to the cave. One day, the tiger took some food from her hand and then gradually he started allowing her to stroke his fur. One day, while stroking his fur, she snipped off a whisker with a small pair of scissors she had brought in her pocket. The next day, she triumphantly walked into the wise man's house and presented him with the whisker. He gazed at it for a moment, and then he threw it in the fire. What are you doing? I risked my life so that my husband could be well again. The wise man looked kindly at the young woman and said, Go home and tame your husband the way you tamed the tiger, with wisdom, gentleness, patience, kindness, and love. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. While the storytellers you heard today are not with us anymore, we are deeply appreciative of Catherine Fairley and Virginia Fox and their long dedication to the art of storytelling. Did you know you can connect with the podcast on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast or me at Rachel Ann Harding? You can see the Fairy Tale sponsor ads on the Story Story Podcast Instagram and Facebook page. While you're there, let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. The inspiration behind the fairy tale sponsor was me working on my website recently. Really, it feels like people who do web design are slightly magical. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was a story seeds card, a packet of story prompts created by the amazing Laura Packer. The music is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or write a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You will hear more stories next week, but until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door, and there on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, 
You can even hear the festive music from the royal 